Okay, so before we get to St. Mark and the readings today, and even touching on Divine Mercy Sunday yesterday, um, I'm sure I'm going to get, and it's rightfully I should, letters, Father Chris, why are you not in red? Because today is St. Mark, and he is a martyr, right? So the colors of the liturgy for the priest, you may know, are we wear white for any feasts of our Lord or a saint that was not a martyr. We wear red for saints that were martyrs or for the Holy Spirit. So I should be in red today. We wear purple uh, at times of Advent and Lent. Now, if you want to know, there are actually two shades of purple. If you look down, I don't know if Brother Mark can show, he might not be able to, but those who are here, in front of the ambo, there's a little purple ribbon on the white cross. That's a dark purple. That is the kind we wear in Advent. But if you can see the little flowers there, the more plum-colored purple is what we wear in Lent because it's mixed with blood. And the dark purple becomes more plum-colored when it's mixed with blood, representing the passion. And then we still have black that times is worn in uh, funerals, but traditionally most priests wear purple. But what's interesting is when I went down to get my red chasuble today, it was gone. So, but do not despair. The color white can be worn by a priest for any any of the feasts, any of the days, any of the seasons. That's why if a priest travels a lot, technically he could take, if you're saying private masses, just a white chasuble. These are referred to as chasubles. So anyway, I wanted to clarify that because yes, St. Mark is a martyr. And we want to talk a little bit about him and what we know. Now in scripture, this is what's interesting about St. Mark is St. Mark was both known to be with St. Paul and St. Peter. Very rare, because St. Paul and St. Peter kind of did their own separate things, all right? Basically, he also worked with St. Barnabas, all right? This was his cousin. Now, when he was in Rome with St. Paul, he did some great things, but then he was associated with St. Peter. In fact, it was Peter who restored Mark back to the faith. Mark, like most of us, actually strayed away. You might not know this. This is why he's a great example for us. When Jesus said, my flesh is food and you must eat it, all right, many disciples left him. Remember that? John 6, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life in you. He said, many found this difficult and many left. Now, Jesus didn't chase after them and say, no, don't go, don't go. I'm only speaking symbolically. No, this is literally true. The word Greek, tragon, literally means to chew. Do you know one of those who left that day was Mark? So don't get discouraged if you've ever left your faith. I left my faith in college. I, I never abandoned my faith. I never rejected it, but I just wasn't really practicing and so this is what God can do. He can bring us back. And he did that with Mark. So what happened? Peter took him in as a travel companion and an interpreter. Now, Mark wrote down all the sermons of Peter. Basically, that's what we have in the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark is basically all the homilies of St. Peter. 
really quite cool. This was what we have. So whenever you hear something in, from the gospel according to Mark, you're really listening to one of St. Peter's homilies. You can't get better than that. Now, St. Mark, did he write the first gospel or the second? Okay, a lot of seminaries are teaching something called Markan priority because they say the other gospels were, were taken from Mark and they say he was the first. But I stick to the tradition of St. Augustine, St. Jerome, who stated the order of the writing of the gospels was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We always hear it in that order. That's the order they say it was written. So we do not have to believe necessarily that Mark was the first gospel, but some hold to that. All right. So anyway, it was written around 60 AD, and he wrote the gospel in Greek because his audience was Gentiles converting to Christianity, not the Jews. Who wrote to the Jews? Matthew. Matthew was the writer to the Jews. Mark was writing to the Gentiles, Gentiles meaning non-Jews. So anyway, he was converting them to Christianity. So anyway, St. Mark, he was requested by the Romans, the Roman Christians, to give this teachings of St. Peter. So his basically his gospel is a record of the life of Jesus, as I said, seen through the eyes of St. Peter. He was basically a scribe for St. Peter. And now he's the patron saint of notaries. So if you know a notary, send him a, send him a picture of St. Mark. Now remember, in many places of the world, unlike the United States, we always go by birthdays. We celebrate your birthday. Today's your birthday, the day that you were born. Actually, not many places around the world celebrate it like that. Most saints, we don't celebrate their birthdays. We celebrate the day they died as their new entry into heaven, their new life, the birth of their new life. But in Poland and other places, what's celebrated is your name day. Your name day is your saint. So today, Brother Mark, who's running the cameras, it's his name day, St. Mark. So you might want to say a prayer for Brother Mark today, because anybody you know who named Mark, this is what they do around the world. It's very, very common. Now, both Mark and his mother, and her name was Mary, were very highly esteemed in the early church. Now, this is interesting. His mother's house served as a meeting place for most Christians. Now, did you know this? Coptic tradition holds that the Last Supper was held at Mark's house. Coptic tradition says that the Last Supper was actually at Mark's house. This tradition holds that Mark hosted the disciples also in the house after Jesus' death and that this was the upper room and that the resurrected Christ came to Mark, Mark's house, in the reading we read yesterday for Divine Mercy Sunday. The, whole, the reading that we read where it said on the first day of the week after Jesus' resurrection, which was the first Divine Mercy Sunday, Jesus appeared to them. Remember yesterday's reading, and Thomas said, I will not believe. And then Jesus appeared and says, touch my side. This was believed to have happened at Mark's house. This is John chapter 20. And the Holy Spirit descended on the apostles at Pentecost in this house. Wow. The upper room. Amazing. Now, 
this Mark was very important because he founded the church at Alexandria, which was a very important Episcopal see in early Christianity. He was the first bishop of Alexandria and is basically the founder of Christianity in Africa. So pray for anybody right now, many Muslim uh, aggressions in places like Nigeria are threatening Christianity over in Africa. Let's pray to St. Mark. Let's pray to that, to him. Now, pagans of the city uh, basically resented him uh, from turning away from their own gods, you know? And so in AD 68, they put a rope around his neck and basically dragged him through the streets, killing him. So he was a martyr. But you know what? Like many, it took a while before the martyring of our apostles happened. Um, they couldn't kill him many times before that. That's why his symbol is a lion. You know the gospel, gospel writers, you see the symbols? Okay, you know John is the eagle, they say, because he soars above every others, right? Luke, what's Luke's symbol? An ox, right? Who is, who is uh, uh, let's see, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Uh, Matthew, who's Matthew? The man, sometimes we see because his genealogy of Christ the man. But in Mark, we see the lion, and some Christian legends refer to St. Mark as Mark the Lionhearted. Very interesting. And so he was thrown. Why did he get the name Mark the Lionhearted? Does anybody know? And do you know why his symbol was the lion? Well, here's what happened. He was thrown to the lions. This was before he was killed. He was thrown to the lions, but the animals that were usually starved, it was terrible what they did. They would starve the animals so that when they would throw the Christians to them, the lions were so starving, because naturally a lion doesn't always attack a human. They usually, you know, keep away. But when they starved the lions so much, the lions would be so hungry that any, any moving thing that could be food, they would attack to eat. So they would starve these poor lions and then feed the Christians to them. So they starved the lions... And then they threw Mark into the lions, but the lions refused to attack or eat him because his work wasn't done for God yet. Instead, the lions came to his feet and laid down and he petted them. Do you imagine how mad the Romans were? Ugh. And so when the Romans saw this, they then became to realize, uh-oh, there might be something here. And they actually were impressed and they released him. Now later, as we mentioned a second ago, he was martyred. But what an example of a great feast to celebrate right after Divine Mercy Sunday. You know why? What is the Gospel of Mark called? The Gospel of Mercy. St. Mark's Gospel is called the Gospel of Mercy. And this whole gospel is nothing but the gospel of mercy. I mean, when you look at it, the stories that he has, the, 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 the treatment of Christ to the people who are sinners. I mean, when you think of the, the beautiful amount of, of uh, mercy in the gospels, the prodigal son, 
And Mark's gospel called the gospel of mercy is the perfect follow-up to Divine Mercy Sunday. And so that's where I want to finish because Divine Mercy Sunday was a celebration. If you're joining us from anywhere around the world and maybe you missed or weren't familiar with what the feast is, our Lord makes a beautiful promise yesterday that the soul that is that, that goes to confession, it didn't have to be yesterday. You could have went sometime before. Even St. Faustina went to Saturday before. But you go, you have been to confession and receive Holy Communion and you will be completely wiped clean, not only of all sin, but all the punishment, the consequences of our sins. People are like, well, Christ did it all on the cross. Yes, Christ redeemed us on the cross, but you still got to go for the grace. You still have to ask for the grace. You still got to go to confession, be forgiven of your sins to receive that grace that Christ won on the cross. All right, if, if that wasn't true, that would mean everybody goes to heaven no matter what you do because Jesus died on the cross. That is heresy in every Christian religion. Okay, so our faith teaches, and Jesus told St. Faustina, that we go to confession, we're forgiven of sins, but on this one day, yesterday, we are also given the chance to be wiped clean of all the consequences of our sin, all the punishment that we are owed for the sins that have already been forgiven. I always use the example of, you know, with a boy who, Dad says, don't play baseball. He does. He breaks the window. And dad says, I forgive you, but you're grounded. You're going to have to pay for it out of your allowance. You have to make reparation. This is part of our faith. It's been forever. But the beautiful part is yesterday, Jesus said, even that is wiped away. So you have gone to confession and you receive Holy Communion. Now, the reason I'm bringing it up today, Father, why are you bringing it up now? It's too late. No, actually it isn't. Our faith teaches, because God is outside of time, if you did not know this yesterday and you had been to confession and you received Holy Communion at any Mass, Saturday night or anytime Sunday, you can still today ask for this grace. So simply again, say the prayer that I put in my book. We got the imprimatur so I can mention it. Just say something like, Jesus, you promised St. Faustina, the soul that's been to confession, I was, or I did, and the soul that receives Holy Communion, I did, will receive the complete forgiveness of all sins and punishment. Lord, please give me this grace. And he will, because he promised it. Now, what if you say, Father, I'm not Catholic or I couldn't get to confession, or I couldn't receive Holy Communion. I've got COVID. I'm bedridden. Beautiful grace through our church. You too can receive this grace right now. What you do is make an act of contrition. Even if you're not Catholic, you make an act of contrition you tell God you're sorry for your sins. Now, if you are Catholic, with an act of contrition, you have to have the intent to go back to the sacrament of confession as soon as possible. 
So if you're Catholic, but you didn't get to confession last week, and you didn't make it to communion yesterday, here's what you need to do. Make that act of contrition. Tell God you're sorry. I'm very sorry, Lord. Please forgive me my sins. And I have intent to go back to the sacrament of confession as soon as possible. Then you make a spiritual communion. Lord, I was unable to receive you yesterday in Holy Communion. I'm sorry I couldn't get to church. You know I'm sick. I couldn't. You make an act of spiritual communion, just telling God to come into my heart like he would in Holy Communion. Even though I can't, Lord, receive you sacramentally, I ask that I receive you spiritually, and I have the intent in the same way to go back to communion as soon as possible. You do that, you can still receive this grace. And there's nobody who's rooting for you harder in heaven than the author of the mercy gospel, St. Mark. So let us turn to him and to all my friends at my home parish in Huntersville, North Carolina, St. Mark's, where I come from, where I found my vocation, um, a big hello to all of you at St. Mark's in Huntersville, North Carolina. And so God bless you. And don't let this grace slip by. It's not too late. God is not constrained by space and time. You have an open heart. You ask for this grace. You do what you need to do. Get back to confession. Get back to Holy Communion. Ask for this grace. In the meantime, make your act of contrition, act of spiritual communion. And we believe and have trust that God will give it. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful way. Praise be to God. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you. And God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.